0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Book Club. First rule of Book Club is, you must always talk about Book Club. Second rule of Book Club is, tell everyone about Book Club. Hello
1: and welcome to IRC Book Club for this third of four episodes that we are recording on how to get a meeting with anyone I Stu Heinecker. How are you getting on with it, Mike? show,
0: I think. How we getting on with it? You know, I put a post on LinkedIn about this book, which I think, by and large, I don't like it. Um, but there's just a few little nuggets in there that make it worth reading, actually.
1: Definitely recommended for me.
0: Yeah, there's some good nuggets in it. You know, if somebody said to me, should I buy it? I'd say yes. If they then said to me, should I base my whole methodology of salesperson on it? I'd say no.
1: Categorically no.
0: But should I buy it? Yeah, 100%. You know, there's large parts of it. And the guy's coming on the show. It's not like, you know, hiding away from it. There's large parts of it I'm just not a big fan of at all. You know, section three, I've put this, I just don't like this section at all. Um, you know, s- section two, I, 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 I did some stuff out of section two and it worked for me really, really well. That, that's the reality.
1: Yeah, we've uh, out of every book, there are some good takeaways, but I think the takeaway you've got out of Section 2 has been killer, hasn't it? T- tell everybody what you've been doing on Section 2.
0: Well, it was just, it was just, I tell you what it was. It was just thinking more creatively about how to get in touch with people. So I had, a, I had a few, which is one There was a guy who I think I might be connected to now who has been a target prospect for me for ages. Couldn't get through to him, blah de blah de, blah Thought, right, okay, then. Went on his Facebook page. And he's really into a Woody Allen. So I sent him a quote. The first line, I can't remember what the quote was now, but the first line was a Woody Allen quote. Something about never giving up or something. And and I didn't say, I've looked at Facebook and I know you like Woody Allen. It just came literally straight back to me <laughs> immediately. I've been trying to get in touch with the guy for a year. There was another ignoring guy. Ignoring
1: all your other contact strategies. Yeah,
0: yeah. Come back to me with his mobile, blah de blah And then there was another guy who, when I really looked carefully, he's in, a, he's in a covers band and he covers a blues singer. Can't remember the name of the blues singer now. Um, it, it was a lady and she's got some song about, uh, about drinking gin or something. And, and the first line is something like, slow gin, slow gin, slow gin, blah de blah So I put that in the subject line, continued the song. Then at the bottom of it, I made some reference about don't make me drink gin because it's doing my head in or something, you know something like that. I can't remember exactly. Right. Again, straight back to me. Fifteen minutes later, just bang straight. I mean, straight back to me.
1: So just go, So it. So I think what we're getting is it's a vet, the, the as a paradigm of thinking, it's a really good one, but it's not a scalable one, is it? If you if you well, had hundred prospects, and they were absolutely really well crafted as a list. And you're thinking, well, this, this one here, I just I'm getting nowhere with it. This is the strategy should you all
0: Yes. Yeah, but I mean, something Stu Heinecker says that I do agree with anyway, and he's not changed my mind on it, but he has reinforced it. I mean, give the guy credit. He's very well read. You know, clearly he's read a lot of sales books, this guy. It's about having uh, a nice, neat, Number of prospects to go after, and I think you know Stu Heinecker's point will be would be, listen, you know, rather than sending out three thousand emails to you know three thousand rubbish emails that are never going to get replied to, pick a hundred prospects and go after them selectively. Um, and I tell you what, this book is, is about for me. It is it adds something that most salespeople don't have, which is creativity. You know, I've spent 20 years interviewing salespeople. Not that many salespeople are that creative, I don't think, really. Now, there's a place for that because you have to, as a salesperson, be a belligerent, I'm never going to give in, I'm going to stand by my post, I'm going to march forward at every point, I've got a system that works and I'm going to stick to it. The thing most salespeople don't have, me included, is, but you know what, I might just be creative with this. And this book is about creativity, actually. Well, I don't, you know, no, yeah, I've just it, told you exactly what I think of the book.
1: Let, let's get it right. Before we start talking about section three, sales isn't a job for creative people. Creative people end up in different professions.
0: No, well, I've always said, I've said it all the way through this book. You can tell this guy's not a salesman. He's creative yeah. though. Absolutely. He's and I, creative. He's a cartoonist. Think, you know, bringing a
1: that part. bit of creativity to the way you sell and that little bit of artistry um, Yeah preparedness to think outside the box has been a big takeaway for me with this. So on yeah. part three, chapter 12, how a contact marketing campaign works. And he talks about not letting people derail you and never taking no for an answer. And do you know what? I, I sort of, it was a bit of a rubbish example of being dogged. And what he's saying is, look, you shouldn't start becoming some psychopathic stalker, but you got to keep at it. Yes. And a lot of people don't, you know,
0: well, there's loads of stats, isn't there, about take seven calls to get through to the person, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, what I don't like about this is on page 172, he's got this thing, contact campaign flowchart. Start with the receptionist, then get into the executive assistant. I mean, we've said it a million times.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, there's, strategy. A, there's a couple of things here. Asking for an assistant, I don't agree. He, he, he talks about sounding like you belong. But if you really set, and, he, and he's basically saying, "Sound like you belong, so you can get through to the assistant." Yes. Now, my view is, if you sound like you belong, the EA will put you through to the CEO.
0: And uh, I'm a big I wouldn't fan of do that. I just well, I, I wouldn't even I, I speak I just to just an use EA. Lucia. No, I just use Lucia or any of the others. Uh, get get the person's mobile number and call them. Huh.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the old days, we used to do some pretty underhand shit to get some mobile numbers, didn't we?
0: Oh, tell me about it, every single salesperson out there. But, you know, right now... No, I don't agree, know, Mike. I
1: don't agree, Mike, not every single salesperson out there.
0: Oh, I think I a lot of the good ones do.
1: I think the good ones do. I think the good ones were prepared to fight dirty to get some, to get themselves a mobile number of a, of a C-level exec. If you said to me, would you rather spend the next half hour digging around, finding a way to get that chief exec's mobile number, or would you rather spend the next half hour preparing a call to make to an executive assistant, I'd dig around for the mobile number.
0: Yeah, exactly. exactly. I
1: think my conversion that, ratio would be much higher doing that Yeah, and then I mean, using a creative strategy directly.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that, that's what I'm not such a fan of his, of his contact campaign, as he puts it. You know, chapter 13, developing your contact letter scripts and, and anti-pitch. You know, it's all right. You know, he talks about developing some... Can I just go
1: back to something he talks about in Chapter 12, please, Mike? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: He talks in Chapter 12 about reaching out to what he refers to as VIPs. Okay. And I I, I thought about this a lot last night. I had a very nice can of uh, IPA sat in my garden reading this. And I thought, that's the problem here with the whole book. But that? You, he views CEOs as VIPs.
0: Yeah, I mean, the guy's not, the, you know, him versus Sandler.
1: They're not you're very important people. They're people with him. people. They're just people. I don't consider the prime minister a very important person. I can consider him a man with a very important job, but I don't consider him an well, important I, person.
0: I, I get your point. I'm not sure you're making it well. I mean, he, he is a very important person. Your point is, but should I be subservient to him? The answer is no.
1: No. And I, I think that the moment you start your point thinking... about this. Yeah, the moment you start thinking he's important. Well, if I look at somebody and think, you're an important person. Mike, you're important to me. My relationship with you is important to me. You're not an important person and I'm not an important person. We're not important people. We're just people.
0: I think, it's, I think it's about subservience, isn't it?
1: Yes, deference and subservience. And the moment you start, oh, you he's
0: know, an important guy. you you fucked. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah.
1: That's it. You ain't selling anything it's about, to anybody. It's
0: about, it's, about, it's about belonging, isn't it? Yes. Just realised that I'm going to switch my phone uh, onto an uh, aeroplane thing. Schoolboy era. Well, it hasn't rung yet, actually. But that's inevitably somebody very important will call me.
1: Yeah, that's uh, so the challenge. The, the, the moment you think that, and for me, that's what's killed it a little bit. And then he starts talking about developing your contact letter and scripts. What do you think?
0: Ah, oh, well, I've put a start chapter 13. If I was going to write a script, I wouldn't use this book.
1: No, I did. I like. he mentions this thing about an anti-pitch, which I quite like. I'm prepared yeah, to give that was, a try. I-
0: as as with all things, though it's it's written better in other books, you know. Where the wolf writes it twenty times better when he talks about the pendulum effect.
1: Yes, I'm not quite that's sure if you'll want this product. Not quite sure if it's yeah, right listen,
0: for you. Just not right for this. In fact, I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk away. This this just is not you. Oh no no! Don't go anywhere. Are you,
1: no. you sure? Are you sure? Wow! Well, don't know. Do you want to talk really about sure it?
0: Sure, you want it. And 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 that's my point about the book. Is what this guy is clearly brilliant at. He's creatively thinking how to get through to a contact.
1: Yeah, I think the bit after
0: this is the best book on the market about that, no doubt.
1: Yes, I think the bit after I wouldn't. I would go to other thinkers.
0: I'd go to other other vendors.
1: Yeah, other thinkers on the subject. And then he talks about your secret weapon, the holdback device, in chapter fourteen, an item of value offered in exchange for a response. In
0: reality, isn't it? Yeah. no, I thought it's very interesting, actually, that. Um, you know what it was a bit like? It's a bit like when uh, you get your pictures of your kids from school. I never buy them because they're always absolutely garbage. But you get them, and then across the middle, it's like got the photographer's name. Yes, the watermark. So you can't, yeah, yeah. So you can't quite use it. And that's a bit like this, isn't it? And that's a bit like, if you ever download a Gartner report, the free Gartner report is 50 pages of a 250-page report. Yes, it's just a bit of an appetite wetter. Absolutely. Now, what would so, so, what I wrote here is apply this.
1: This well, that was my question: was how would we apply that in recruitment?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, uh,
1: if, how do we apply that to our business and our model? I couldn't really.
0: I'm applying work. it a little bit. You know, we've got we've got white papers. I think there's thirteen deadly things of sales recruitment something like yeah. that. Is there all that stuff? I send out two or three but I'm not sending out four, five, six, seven without some...
1: Without some engagement. Yeah, you yeah, can't just have yeah. it for now. You've got to talk to me.
0: I mean, what this guy's sort of talking about, you know, meta- he didn't say this, but metaphorically he's talking about sending out, uh, you know, a pair of Loke shoes and, and only sending the left one and saying, "If well, you can have the right one if you give me an appointment.
1: <laughs> you know, it's like, I'll not, tell you what, I'm I'll invite you to play golf. That. I'll invite you to play golf and I'll send you one club at a time over 14 yeah. weeks. Yeah. And at the end yeah. of the 14 weeks, I'll send you an invitation to play at Glen Eagles.
0: I'd be all right with the driver. It's the only one I could ever use. Let's, um, not,
1: let's not even go there.
0: But, but I, I, so, so, yeah, you know, 14, chapter 14 was an okay chapter. You would have to think very, very, very carefully how you could apply it. I know how I'm going to apply it, and I'm going to apply it, actually. I think if I was a software salesperson, I, I would have to think about getting an appointment and demonstrating some value. Now, making this up sat opposite you right now. Yeah. But you could go along the lines of take a sample bit of data. I think using that data, using my software, I can save you about 500 pounds. Now, I've only used a tenth of the data. Do you want me to show you where the remaining 95% is? I think you'd get an appointment on the back of that, actually.
1: Tell me that again. Explain that again.
0: So, I'm a software sales guy. You're um, you work for a council. I analyse some of your data because it's publicly available, and I say, listen, Jonathan, I've looked at this data from this report, and I think if you use this software just in that department, I I can save you five hundred pounds. Why don't you let me
1: come in and do an analysis? I'll do it for free,
0: and I'll I'll show you how to. I'll show you how I can save you the remaining ninety-five. I think that'll probably get you an appointment. Actually,
1: I reckon. If you've got about it enough, I think. And then he talks yeah. about but the role of...
0: Hineke, as much as I paste this book, um, that's a good idea.
1: Yeah, that's it's a just, good just idea. A
0: you've got to read 191 pages to get there. Chapter 15, Johnny. This, I don't know if you see my, my camera. I'm not reading it. I've... Yeah, I'm not reading this <laughs> chapter. But that's I funny. It. I did. So I don't know what was in it.
1: He goes again, he talks about EAR. The EAs are themselves VIPs. And I, and I just wrote, I absolutely hate that concept. Um, and maybe it's different with a top 100 EA, you know, maybe if I look at the FTSE 100 and find out who the executive assistant is to every FTSE 100 CEO, maybe they are VIPs, but I, I just don't view anybody as a VIP, I don't view the Prime Minister as a VIP, I, I just don't.
0: Uh, I think he's a VIP, I'm just, I, I just wouldn't be reverential to him, I wouldn't, you know. No, you know, if I ended up at Johnson some posh
1: like dinner box. in London one night,
0: sat next to Boris Johnson... Gonna, i would not going scrape to him, he's going to talk No,
1: I'd nail his hat on and say, listen, Boris, I think you're doing this right and that wrong. I, I'd tell him it like it is. And I'd call him Boris.
0: Uh, correct, yeah. Chapter I'm not, oh, I'm not Mr. Making... Johnson? Oh, what uh, what the hell? Uh, but man. this guy's a bit Mr. Johnson.
1: Yes, and that's bothered me, because I just think, "Ah, oh, no, you're just a man. Um, and then there's a, a point here where he talks about, may I send you an email to explain the tracking info for the print? I, it just is a lit... I think it's possibly a cultural thing, actually, Mike. Because I know you've Yeah, found the
0: Americans are very different. Very much different more de-
1: the, the, the American selling culture is much more deferential, and there is much more of an implied social hierarchy, it appears, in those organisations.
0: Yeah, yeah, there is definitely, without a doubt
1: and an an implied hierarchy of human importance that you and I just don't quite get.
0: I I don't think English people do.
1: No. So I don't want to completely paste it because I do think, you know, if we've got any US listeners and we're starting to pick a few up now, actually, I do believe that it's much more deferential as a culture out there.
0: Yep. Okay. Um, Chapter 16. Just an awful chapter.
1: Well, my, my thought process was actually, if I'd never read a sales book in my life before, it was great. But you and I know there are just far better versions of that concept across many of the books yeah, we've now, read.
0: I think we've got to view it through, through his uh, window, his glasses, which is, I imagine that if you're this guy, whatever his name is, Stu Heiniker, you've sent somebody a nice cartoon and they're taking your call, they might be a bit, you know, warmer, softer target and easier to talk to. But i tell you now, from a cold calling perspective, if you did what's in this book, you will be less successful than if you did what's in other books.
1: Yes, if you, if you read, com- uh, well, there's loads of combo prospects.
0: Loads, but just, loads, prospects. just loads, just yeah, loads.
1: If, becoming- if you add some bits of this book into your game, I think you'd be in a good shape.
0: Without that, let's be clear. I know I'm getting really stuck into this book, but y- you should read it. Yeah. <laughs> this is It's, a it's should more
1: read. highly recommended than a lot of the books we've read, isn't it thus far? Yeah.
0: This is a should read. It's a put up and shut up with the bits you don't like. Because there's some really, really good bits in it. There's no doubt about that. You know, yeah. Handling the receptionist. Just to look at this chapter. 216, Handling the receptionist, not reading it. That's what up my notes say. Chapter two, uh, page 217, the initial call to executive assistant. I'm not going to read it. Chapter 218, how to make a million dollar phone call. I think he makes one dollar phone calls. Um, uh, and it's and just not a
1: style team. we'd adopt, is it?
0: No, no, no. Um, uh, no. and then chap- chapter 17, you call to the CEO. No, in reality, I don't speak to that many CEOs, really. I've got a few, as you know, but they're not my. They're not where I hang out all the time, you know. I normally speak to MDs and sales directors.
1: I've put a post. I've got a post going out on LinkedIn today. I'd be interested to to know how many of the people we work with and deal at C level, real C level, CEO, CFO, and how often they do it. I think a lot of people walk through our door, yeah, I'm a C level guy. I don't think they are. Well, I interesting. bet 90, 90% of the deals that are done by 90% of the candidates that we work with are done at departmental level with an occasional sea level meeting to sign yeah, off. Yeah,
0: I mean, I would agree with that. Do bear in mind, to, to defend Stu Heineke, would say yeah but it's the CEO of the problem not the CEO of the company
1: yeah okay you know, that, that's re- the Anthony Yannarino re- thing it. isn't it
0: yeah it doesn't reiterate that enough but you know so we assume CEO and we're thinking I don't know whoever the chief executive of Microsoft is who is it That's and Adela yeah Yes. Yeah.
1: are you were- really going to get an appointment with him or or Tim or Tim if somebody does thingy- Johnny
0: somebody does
1: do they does a, does a salesman Does a salesman walk into Tim Cook's office and pitch something?
0: I would imagine so, wouldn't you? From somewhere? I, I don't know, obviously. You know? I don't know. I might, send, I, might, I might send him an apple in the post. Maybe that'll work. Get me an appointment with him.
1: Yeah, and then he, he went to chapter 19, defining success and creating.
0: You just missed chapter 18 out, didn't you?
1: Yeah, because it was shit. Um... Okay.
0: Fair enough. No, that's I, unfair. I
1: put, that's unfair. Um,
0: I, actually. I, I, no, I've put I've put rubbish chapter.
1: I, I just didn't get that much out of it. And, then it. and then he starts talking about chapter 19. He talks about EA's becoming long-term contacts as a success criteria. Not for me.
0: No, not for me either, at all.
1: But uh, if, if you're selling to the chief executive of Sainsbury's and you've got a great relationship with the EA, then fair enough. If you've got a relationship with, I don't know, if you've got a relationship with James Dyson and you've got a relationship with his PA, his number I bet one... He's
0: had the same, I bet he's had the same EA for years, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, Beautiful. his number one absolute trusted EA. If you've got a relationship, then I would say, yeah, do you know what? That is a measure of a good, That is a measure of success. I think if you've got the relationship with the EA of a sales director of UK company X that turns over 40 million, I think it'd be more important to covet the relationship with the sales director and other members of the leadership team.
0: Maybe we should reach out to some EAs and ask what they think of salespeople.
1: I don't think we need that feedback.
0: Fair enough, what chapter
1: are you on now, 19? I'm on 19, yeah. And you're talking about response oh, rate, see. measuring your return on investment. I'll, I think that's spot on. You know, if you've got 100 accounts, me, I'd have a spreadsheet with 100 names on it. I where I'm January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Then I'd have spend on the account and the return in a column.
0: Without a doubt, yeah. If that was
1: my strategy, and I'd, and I'd have a, a scoring system for how well I was doing with engaging with the account, and but I'd have on the right hand column pounds, shillings, and pence versus how much we've spent on actually attracting that client, and then I'd have a little Excel formula for return on investment for the strategy. And I get that. I think um, if you can't measure it, you can't manage yeah. it, can
0: you? Yeah I think if you were a marketer you'd do that. Would you do that a sales guy? I guess you'd have to. Yeah. You would yeah,
1: you, I think you would if you were if you were a sales guy who was authorizing cartoons at 400 quid a pop and swords and DJI yeah, would, drones. Yeah. yeah. I think at some point you need to turn around to your boss and say listen boss you know the 50,000 pounds I spent on contact selling direct contact selling last year on sending stuff to CEOs that was personalized well, actually, I got us a £2.6 million return on the £50,000 I spent on that.
0: Which yeah, yeah, your boss, comment.
1: Your boss is sat there in front of the CFO going, well, actually, yeah, we have been buying drones for our customers, but do you know what? It's making us money, so shut up.
0: So here's one you then, Jonathan. I just I, I can sense, uh, well, I've got to guess your reaction to Chapter 20. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Social well, media's
0: expand. Yeah, You're I mean... <laughs>
1: book's great. A lot of the concepts are great. It, 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 all I could think when I was reading this chapter was, possibly needs Looks a bit result. of a yeah. Possibly needs a bit of a rewrite. He's talking about Google Plus. It's actually defunct. No one uses it. Um. So it's kind of a little bit old. And we've talked a lot about the LinkedIn platform, particularly during the lockdown. As we come out of that lockdown for the first time, hopefully it's the last. But let's just say the first for now. Um, as we come out of it, I think one of the things that has emerged during the lockdown is how unbelievably noisy LinkedIn has become
0: and how unbelievable... Uh, well, I, I, I think it's, it's how unbelievably social it's become.
1: It's just a saturated platform, Mike. I, I think it's a very difficult platform on which to create any differentiable traction. Now, unless you're bloody sharp, I'm prepared to throw a lot of time and effort at it.
0: Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? You know, I, I put this post, you know, about the guy with the criminal track record. I thought it got to like 70,000 views. I put a post yesterday for a sales and marketing director that I'm recruiting for. I don't think, it, I posted it six or seven times. I don't think it got more than a thousand views in total.
1: Yeah, the al- but
0: yeah, you'd think that was what LinkedIn was for, wouldn't you, but obviously not.
1: LinkedIn's algorithm is very, very specific about what you do and don't do. If you're being self-promotory, If you're promoting anything, the algorithm kills you. You can't pitch anything. You have to create content that creates conversation. And it has to really create conversation for it to get anywhere. So it might be different, and it might be that you and I are looking at this the wrong way. It might be that if I'm Joe Salesman and I sell to the top, I'm just using this as an example, the top 100 uh, companies in the United Kingdom. That's my portfolio, yep. and actually, I'm connected to employees that could potentially leverage me into the boardroom of those top 100 companies. I may I might only need to really a follow and b connect with what seven, eight hundred, nine hundred contacts. So therefore, I can make content that's much much more niche and maybe actually if i write something very niche but very value added maybe actually only 200 views is useful to me
0: well it's interesting because i've got a a mate of mine he's uh i never really understood his job but something to do with vcs something to do with introducing companies to vcs and when you look on linkedin his name's tom he literally has got about 300 connections and he's not connected to me. And I always joke, they say, why are you connected to me, Tom? I'm great. You can listen to my book club. He goes, because just, that's just going to dilute my audience. You're not interesting to me. And I do wonder whether he's right. I don't know enough about it to say that he's right. But, you know, he's literally got 300 and something connections, 300 connections. He posts stuff and he gets 200 views. So yeah, imagine bye. if two thirds of your audience was looking at what you were posting. I guess well, two thirds you know,
1: of our audience was looking at what we're posting. We're laughing our heads off.
0: Yeah, exactly. But what what you will find is let's
1: just, yeah, let's, I mean, for for listeners, for what it's worth, Mike and I have what, 15,000 contacts each. If I make a post.
0: A fair bit of overlap, but not loads.
1: If I make a post and it doesn't pop, it might only get seen by two, three thousand people in the network. And what people don't realize is every post you make does not go to every single one of your contacts.
0: Yes, yes, it does seem to surprise people. Though. And there is a
1: very clever algorithm now that is deciding whether your post should be seen by your contacts or not. Similar in Facebook, you think that your Facebook feed is a feed of what all your mates have posted. It is not. It is a feed of what... Have you not what... been
0: watching me doing press-ups on Facebook?
1: I have. I've seen your press-ups.
0: Facebook I did deems... so my suit yesterday.
1: Facebook definitely believes I should see your press-ups. but there is other content that other people post that I don't see in the feed, even though actually I'm friends with them and haven't snoozed them. We're talking about ridiculous politics. So, um,
0: so that's social media. Chapter 21.
1: We can talk about it for a long time.
0: Chapter 21. You know, he says it's, we're nearing the end of the book, really. Yeah, we are. And we're we're talking about, you know, it's, it's all fair enough. He talks about your next 100 list, i.e., if you've canvassed this one, what are you going to do with the next one? You know, he then talks about what he believes is the future of contact marketing. The big thing that that raised in my mind, he didn't raise it, and we skimmed on it a while ago, is that contact marketing is largely based on getting physical goods to people.
1: Yeah. And we we talked about
0: change a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the future of contact marketing—what it doesn't say—and how how would he have known it when he wrote it—is going to be the changing demographic. And I feel like he could do with another book saying, "Right, if you're going to send stuff through the email to people, this is what you should be sending." Because the best bit of this book is just his ideas and his thought process. The rest of it, I don't rate really.
1: No, and I think it's going to be very interesting with as people return to work. I've noticed the roads are a little bit busier, and it's people are definitely they're not busy but they're busier um and I was out yesterday quite early and I noticed people are heading to the office some people are going in now and I've yeah, had a couple of clients i've had a couple of clients in the last couple of days talk about uh interviewing face to face um i've got a second interview today that's yeah, yeah, going to be a, i've got a second interview today to arrange which is going to be a face to face interview um so we're going back a bit now and people are going to work, but I wonder how many people are really going to go to work and how often you're going to get a CEO in an office with a colleague or whether those CEOs are just going to stay at home.
0: Well, the, and, and to be clear, the CEO of the problem, you know, particularly, you know, in the IT sector, which is our market, is if you're going to sell to, I don't know, if you're selling to a, an IT director, you know, how comfortable is the IT director working from home? Probably more comfortable than if you're selling to a social housing body, where the social housing body is going to go into the office. You know, we've got to think about our own audiences and our our audience, Jonathan, mine and yours are salespeople. They've been yeah. quite homeworky anyway. They're yeah, even more homeworky now. And so, you know, getting a sword and getting it made with Tim Cook's name on it and putting an apple, you know, putting it through the middle of an apple, that's all great and everything. But actually, How am I going to get it to him?
1: Because he doesn't have a desk. Yeah. A lot of the the
0: guys we deal with in our audience... San Jose, California. Well, yeah, but where is he today? He's probably not there, is he?
1: A lot of the guys we deal with in our world don't have desks. They don't have desks. They don't have a permanent
0: office fixture.
1: They turn up at an office. They go to an empty desk. They do a day's work.
0: Well, I've got a client at the minute that's recruited sales and marketing director based in the Northwest, just South Manchester. I said to him, How often do they need to go in the office, do you reckon? Because I'm trying to figure out where we want somebody based. He went, Ah, once a fortnight. So imagine if you're trying to pitch that sales director, he only goes to the office once a fortnight.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if you're wanting to send him a cartoon, you're sending One it to his
0: house. Big billboard. You've
1: yeah. got to send it to his
0: house. And then you've got, you've got big GDPR problems sending stuff to people's houses, I think. I don't know the exact law, but. I can't see how an office address you're breaching any port for any part of GDPR. But I suspect if you send it to somebody's home address, I bet you are. Yeah, I'll bet. Uh, the addresses are there. You know, the director of this company that I took the brief off that I'm recruiting for now. I looked at their accounts before I called him. He's got his, home his, account. Account. his home address is on his accounts.
1: His home address is on the accounts on company's house.
0: So it's not like they're hard addresses to get. They're fairly easy. I bet you can find Tim Cook's address fairly easily, I would have thought. But
1: I think it's an invasion of privacy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you sent me a massive billboard to my house. Yeah. We get sidetracked. So we do. So that
1: is the end of the book. And next week, Stu will be on the show.
0: What do you give the book out of 10, Jonathan?
1: I'm going to give it for part two, which for me is the killer section, it gets a six and a half for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really think it, it gets
1: Yeah, part two is killer. It's worth buying just to read part two.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give it a seven, actually, maybe even a seven and a half. Because some I'm of really the concepts really are about. killer. Yeah, really good. Really, 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 really good. As a direct consequence of reading this book, I've not got appointments with them, but I am now engaged and talking to two MDs of software companies that have 15 salespeople, one is a low-code software vendor, one is the hottest cybersecurity company in the world, probably, or pretty hot at any rate. Now, was it worth me spending three hours and however much the book costs, I don't know, it's about 15 quid, to get into contact with those two people? Yeah, 100%. And if if it's worth, you know, if, if, if I said to one of the salespeople listening to this book, right, you've got to spend three hours and 15 quid, but you're going to get two contacts with two clients that you really want to get into Is it worth doing? They're going to say yes. That's the the point, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. That is absolutely the point. Right, and at that, we'll see you next week when we'll be interviewing Stu on the show. Brilliant. Goodbye.